In this episode, you are going to hear us talk about discipline equaling freedom, and you're also going to learn about how a small business can impact your professional career years down the road. All that next on the Unity Talks podcast. Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. And welcome back to another edition of the Unity Talks podcast. And today, our guest, who is the senior tax manager, is coming into a professional high and coming off of a sports high. We'll let him tell us about the sports high, but the professional high is that it is tax day on Monday. So no one who's listening forget the day we're recording this. It's actually tax day on Monday. So I've taken care of the professional high. Yeah. Marcus King is our guest. He is the senior tax manager at Texas Instruments. Yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So you got to tell us the sports high because this was good when yeah. you told me. I told you this is what we got to lead with because this is the lead of the story. This is it. I'm a basketball fan, Kansas Jayhawk fan, uh, rock chalk. So, rock chalk Jayhawk. Let's uh, go. You know, I, as a basketball fan, March Madness is the best. And when your team does well, it's, it's even better. So um, I'm thrilled. You got to be thrilled, but don't leave out the, the grandfather. Come on. Don't leave that out. The suspense is building. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was born and raised in Kansas. So, um, I, I'm not just a Jayhawk fan because of where I lived and adopted the, the local team, but, uh, I grew up talking Kansas basketball. Um, my grandfather actually played one year for Kansas in 1947. And he was on the team for one year. And so I grew up talking to him about stories that he had, that he shared. We, we both loved basketball, and we both talked basketball all the time when we got together. Um, he occasionally would bring out his, his keepsakes from, yeah. from the team. He'd bring out his letter jacket, some medals. He, was, he loved sports, and so he was great in track and field as well. And so he'd bring out his medals and pictures, and oh, I would just love that. And we would talk basketball. and. Um, so, so Kansas Jayhawk basketball has been a big thing in my family for a while. One of the keepsakes um, that is most meaningful to me and that, that I, just, I just love to see was a handwritten letter um, from the coach at the time, Fog Allen. And if, if you know Kansas basketball, Fog Allen's a big deal. Um, the arena there on, on campus is called Allen Field House. So um, my grandfather, the year he was there in college, his mom died. and. Uh, he, he received a letter, a handwritten letter from Coach Fog Allen, and basically saying, I'm so sorry to hear about your mother. Um, my condolences. I lost my mom at a young age. Take the time you need. We're with you. We support you. And, and so looking at those keepsakes and his letter jacket, it's, it was just loved talking Kansas Jayhawk basketball. So yes, definitely coming off a high, loved watching the games this year. Man, such a cool story. And, and even the game, a cool story about your yeah. grandfather, but then the yeah. game, how they came back, you know, the first half, I'm like, I'm oh. going to bed because there's so many smoked. people thought it was over. I thought it was over too. Yeah. I was one I of them. So I admittedly, and you stuck it out. 
I watched the whole thing, of course. Yeah, you were ready to take your beating in the second half, and (laughs) you got the reverse of that. You got an awesome Cinderella story. That's right. It was fun. Fun. That's fantastic. So, and here's the thing: we were. Well, I told Marcus, I'm like, you cannot bring all of your medals and awards and trophies that you had from your sports career here, like your grandfather, because we <laughs> know it. you followed in those footsteps. It would <laughs> fill the room. Um, so, instead, we're going to learn a little bit more about Marcus's background, and then we're going to spend a lot of time, probably at one of the career stops where he spent about 14 and a half years, because I think it's really important given the environment that we're in today. And, and so we're going to take you on a path to get there. Marcus is from a little town called Heston, Kansas. It has 3,800 people. That's right. So a little side note, a couple of weeks ago, we had the chief accounting officer of CEC Entertainment here, Tony Howard. And I thought, man, Tony is from Seminole, Oklahoma, and it had 7,000 people. Yeah. And I thought, this is the smallest town we will ever do. Yeah. And then Marcus comes in and smokes it with 3,800 people. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Small town, great town. I Small loved, town, yeah. loved growing up in that community. Yeah. Fantastic. About an hour north of, of Wichita. Wichita. Yep. That's the closest big city. And you stayed there. So you didn't go to Kansas. You didn't go to Lawrence to go to University. Yeah. You stayed there. You yeah. went to Tabor College, yeah. got an accounting degree. That's right. Dad was a small business owner. That's right. So tell us about having a dad, because a lot of us are shaped by our parents. Yeah. Um, and and dad being a small business owner did impact a lot of the decisions you made as you were growing up and figuring out what was the degree you were going to go to Tabor College and receive. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So my, my dad uh, owned and operated a, a, a small restaurant in the community. Um, it was actually in a town seven miles from Heston, but still a fairly, fairly small uh, town and community. And uh, man, I worked there from a, from a young age and um, so learned so many things and loved working with my dad. That was for sure one of the highlights. But you know, when it came time to decide on a career and a college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was good at math. Um, but had so much experience just in that business environment and so decided to, to pursue an accounting degree and so glad I'm, that I did. Um, and it, it led me into accounting and then eventually in tax for now has been the majority of my career. But, but yeah, those experiences in a small business, you learn so much and, and you know things like cash flow and how important cash is to a business. And, customers and what customer expectations are and how to deal with customers both on the good side and the not so good side and and dealing with people and payroll and and all of these things and so um, that definitely played a big part in why I decided to go the, the accounting and the business route. What's so cool about that is that a small business restaurant as a kid and working there led you partially to know that counting was such a versatile skill set for yourself. Like if you understand accounting and can manage your own books, whether you went to a, uh, whether you decided to have a career in a small business Mm -hmm. or a larger organization, it just opens up so many avenues for yourself because it allows you to be so versatile and understand how to help a business survive. And you were learning that as you know, I'm sure there were some maybe child labor laws being that it was your dad. That <laughs> well, he didn't work me too hard, believe me. Uh, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, and I, I remember it was, I just, I had, I had that, that I, I just wanted to go work there. I just yeah. enjoyed it so much. 
And so I, there were times where it was, uh, you know, not getting back to sports, but, you know, Friday night after a football game, you're exhausted. I was there Saturday morning in high school at 5 a.m. to open up just because I enjoyed it so much. And the money was there, too, of course, yeah. and that was, a, that was a part of it. But, but the big part of it was the community. You know, you'd see the same people coming in, the rest the, the customers, you work with the same people. So being part of that was a really positive thing. But the accounting thing, for sure, it is a, it is a fantastic background for wherever you want to go small business, public accounting, you want to go, you know, large corporate, whatever you want to do, accounting is a great foundation. Well, what's cool, what's so cool about what you just said is that, you know, it was that same customer base that would come in all the time. Mm -hmm. and to take that to the next step is you're building relationships, Yes. right? Yes. And a lot of times people think accountants, oh, well, they sit in their cubes and they just look at Excel all day long. Yeah. Some do, yeah. and, and that's yeah. okay, and their personality allows them to do that, but yeah. a lot of the accountants that continue to grow in their career, if we're talking to the audience here that is looking to grow in their career, yeah. they are getting out to understand the business. They are meeting people outside of the accounting department. They are asking to be put on projects yes. that give them that exposure. And so oddly enough, ironically enough, I guess I would say is that experience of that small town and seeing the same customer over and over again and you learning those relationship development tools mm -hmm. plays a big part in who you are in your professional life today. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Relationships are key. It doesn't matter what business or industry you're in, um, you know, I, I think that that is so important for uh, our careers these days is to, you know, what are those things that we can do outside of our daily tasks um, that are stretch projects or high visibility projects to get noticed, to get to know people outside of the tax department or the accounting department, whatever department you're in. Um, that adds value to both your resume and it adds value to your skill set, which is just, you know, makes you all the more valuable and also makes you more valuable to the company that you're working for. So for sure. Absolutely. And we're going to touch on that. I want to get to um, finishing out your college career. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to Tabor College, you're, you're going through a five-year program, getting your master's in accounting. Yep. Um, and you worked the entire time, still at your dad's restaurant. So this wasn't just a middle school, high school job. This yeah. is like, I'm working there in college. What does that teach you um, and, and what it taught you in that time, discipline, time management, you tell me, mm -hmm. how do you continue to hang on to those lessons? Because that develops a character in you yeah. and you're using that today. So tell us a little bit about the work ethic that it taught you. Yeah, uh, I could talk an hour about life lessons that I learned. Um, just like you said, discipline, hard work, all of those things that you would traditionally think about um, when you think about working your way, you know, during, during going to school. And, you know, I, there were times where I'd work more and times where I'd work less, for sure. But um, it, it was, you learn about customers and you learn about expectations. You know, you are there to, to you know, serve a meal to people that are paying to eat the meal, right? And so you learn about what those expectations are and how you meet those expectations and how you can exceed those expectations. And when they're going through the salad bar, they don't want to see things empty. They don't want to see it messy, you know, and so you quickly learn what are those things that are important to them and how can you exceed those expectations. Same is true for professional careers. You know, we have, 
sometimes you have external customers. A lot of times, like for me in a tax department, you have internal customers. What is management? What are the what are the expectations for management? What are what is on their list of initiatives for the year? And how can we add value to help meet those initiatives? And and how can we exceed expectations? So so many so many life lessons I learned that I absolutely carried with me through. I love it. The first thing you mentioned was taking care of a customer. Yeah. And you would have thought being a tax guy or an accountant or a finance person, yeah. the first thing they're going to say is, well, you know, I really got to dive into the numbers and really understand the balance sheet and the cash flow. And while those are things that you learned, the yeah. very first thing out of your mouth was the customers and the presence to those customers. So making sure the salad bar was full. Yeah. And and I love it that that's where your mind went first. Yeah. And you take that all the way today and apply it to your current job. And it's not about, you know, well, um, if you're an accountant, is this entry correct? Or, you know, what's our tax liability here and is this correct? But it's thinking more of the big picture. Mm -hmm. and, right. and we lose that because sometimes we, we're so pressured to get the number right, you know, as we're growing in our career. Yes. You know, we, we were talking about it on our team the other day. Like, you know, you feel this pressure to um, always find a new customer or find the candidate that nobody else can find. And you feel that pressure. And so sometimes it ends up making you, you want to take some shortcuts um, or you think that's the end goal. And the end goal is actually just the service that we're providing to our clients and our candidates. And we're not always getting it right, but we're trying to, and we're trying to learn from it. And yeah. it's just really cool for you to hear that senior tax manager say, you know, it wasn't about getting this number right. Yeah. It's about the bigger picture of maybe the internal customer. Yeah. Well, it's absolutely about, like you said, that's the core task, right? Is getting the number right, getting the tax returns filed on time. Absolutely, that is critical. But there's more to it than that, right? And, and there's more to it when you think about your career you know, what, what adds value to, you know, your skill set and what adds value to the company? Because those are the important questions. You've got to get the basics, the blocking, the tackling done right, right? But maybe there's a process improvement that you can do that, that no one asked you to do, but you're taking the initiative to do. Maybe you can, you know, make a recommendation that takes risk out of a, a certain calculation, or, or maybe there's, you know, a new tax law that's coming into or tax legislation or something like that. And you said, you know, I wonder how this impacts our company. And could we, you know, could we look at our related parties and do something here, you know, taking initiative to think outside those core kind of things. And that's all about aligning yourself with the company values and the company initiatives and managements and, and, and all of that. And so doing things that you're not asked to do that are outside, you know, making sure you're doing the basics, the blocking and tackling and getting things done right, you know, and, and filed on time but outside of that too, that's where you really grow. Well, Marcus, I want to give you credit in your career because you're not only speaking it today. Sometimes people say it's easier said than done, and that may be yeah. the case, but you're not only speaking about it today. You actually exemplify that in your career. So I, this is where I want to spend the bulk of our time here. So yeah. you were 14 and a half years at a company in Kansas called Blue Scope Buildings, right? An Australian yes. company that had a division here yes. in the U.S. And in 14 years, you had five jobs, four promotions, worked your way up to the point where the next person was a, a lady who you really looked up to yeah. and she wasn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. And so that, that sparked your move and, you know, we in Dallas got you yeah. instead, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, 
But here's the environment we're in in the U.S. today, and, and your career kind of flies in the face of it a little bit. We don't see this as much. Um, you didn't leave, mm -hmm. and you stuck it out for 14 years, and yeah. you had four promotions, and you grew. And right now we're coming off of the hills of, you know, everybody talks about this great resignation. And if you look at a new theme in the, in the news today, it's not only are we going through the great resignation, but some would say that we are going through a great regret and that 72% of people who left their jobs wished and regret that they left their jobs and wish they didn't. And um, because they started working in a job that they were very dissatisfied and they thought the grass was always greener or they haven't had another career come along and they need income and they lost a lot of what they gained. And you stuck it out and I'm sure there were times when you entered into Blue Scope as an entry level accountant at, coming off of a year or two at public, yep. small regional firm, yep. where you thought, I wanna leave, I wanna look at something else, but you stayed there yeah, and you worked your way up. So. Tell us a little bit about um, why you stayed there and some of the emotions that you went through and then some of the projects that you you asked to be involved in. Yeah. Yeah, you know, not everybody's path is the same, um, but it, that was my path and it worked for me. Um, but you're right. I started at Blue Scope uh, as a tax accountant. I started working on state income tax returns and, you know, I did. I tried to do the best job I could, but but people stay places for so many different reasons. And, and for me, the things that were important to me were, you know, was I challenged? Um, was I continually growing? Did I like the people I worked with? Did I like my boss? Um, did I like the company and the values? And did I like the area? Was it good for, you know, for out, kind of external outside of your career kind of thing too? And so there's so many factors that played into it, but, but yeah, I started preparing state income tax returns and then you know, took on a little bit more responsibility, did the federal consolidated return, and then pretty soon, you know, had responsibility for tax accounting and the deferred tax and the rate, and then pretty soon worked on some transfer pricing. And then, you know, little by little, year after year, you start working on areas. And, and that's where I was, you know, going back to what I said before is raising your hand for projects that will stretch you um, and that you know, not waiting for your manager to say, hey, would you, would you be interested in doing this? But saying, hey, um, I would be interested if, if something came up sometime, if, if, if we went through, if we did an acquisition, you know, this, this happened to me. I worked on a number of acquisitions there uh, when I was at Bluescope. And, and if we go through an acquisition, I would love to be on the due diligence team, you know, or if we go through a fixed asset overhaul, I would love to be, or an ERP system implementation or whatever it is. I would love to be part of that because that's outside my core responsibilities, but I'm gonna learn a lot. And so when you do that, it just like, elevates you because when you get on a project and you work with people you haven't before you get noticed and when you do a good job you're asked to be on projects or at least given the opportunity to be on projects that you never would have in the past and so that that was true for me at blue scope um, you know i kept my core responsibilities which was filing the income tax returns mm -hmm. and getting them done accurately on time but i worked on a number of acquisitions did project management for certain due diligence projects I did accounting projects that I was in the tax group, but I had some accounting experience and expertise and I had done well on a few projects. And so, and so I, when, when there was a need, I raised my hand and it had nothing to do with tax, but, but it was an opportunity. And so adding those every year, adding those projects and those experiences to my resume and to my skill set really helped me, you know, just moving to Dallas and even moving, you know, working for Texas Instruments then. 
Um, so yeah, so it was a, a, a culmination of just, you know, keeping your core responsibility, doing well at your core responsibilities, but also expanding yourself. This is such a great theme. There have been so many people that have sat in that chair across from me that have said the same thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have said, that's how it impacted my career. And a lot of them have said, if I knew that then, mm -hmm. I would have asked for more. When you do ask for more and raise your hand, as a leader now, and you have someone that raises their hand to be on a project, it's, it's as almost if now, when that manager gets a new project or sees something else coming down the pipeline, you don't have to rate, if you do it once, it's almost like you don't really have to do it again because they're gonna start coming to you. Yeah, yeah, they certainly have someone in mind, right? Or will pretty quickly. And so then the list of, of names that they have in their mind uh, could be you. If, you. if you've done a good job on a previous project and, and you're getting noticed, absolutely, you're on that short list. Uh, but but sometimes sometimes as leaders we can identify people too, and and that's not a bad thing. That's a really good thing. Sometimes sometimes it takes asking someone for the first time, hey, would you be interested in doing this? It's a little different than what you're normally doing, and they like knock it out of the park kind of thing. So it can go both ways. But but taking initiative for your own career can really just make such a such a big difference in your career path. It really can. I I love I love where you were going there where. Yeah, as an employee, you need to, if you want that, if you want to climb the corporate ladder, and, and maybe it's just you're a little stale in your job and you need it to freshen up. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you have to go look somewhere else. No. We, all, we all face those times in our career where we're like, man, I really wish that you know something would come along or I'm kind of bored or I wonder what's out there in that temptation. And, and for some, some people, whether it's the core values of the organization don't align with yours, yeah, you need to make a change. You know, you do need to make a change. Yep. But if everything lines up and you're just in that season, that down season of life, you really do need to speak up and use your voice to ask to get assigned to a different project. And then for the leaders, God, that's so important. If you see a sparkle in someone on your team, man, just give them that opportunity yeah. and you can find that diamond in the rough that we're all looking for those diamonds in the rough. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's so critical. I've got to believe that the lady that you worked for at Blue Scope had that, and that's why you looked up to her yeah. in your career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons you stay. I mean, there's so many reasons that you stay at a company, and there's there's reasons. Don't don't get me wrong. There's reasons to move as well, and and one's not good, and one's not bad. But but in in our environment, and I can only speak to tax. I can't necessarily speak to accounting or, or other areas. But in our environment right now, there is not a shortage of challenging projects. Um, there just isn't. And so if you do feel like you are kind of in a repetitive mode of doing the same tasks, you know, I, I would encourage you to raise your hand. I mean, there are challenging projects, um, I, I would argue, probably in every company. What does it give you? you you've said this a couple times. You've said working with people outside of your department. Yeah. And, and we've touched on that a little bit. What are the skills that gives you working with people outside of your department? Why, why is that so valuable? You've mentioned the word valuable tied to that yeah. twice at least. Yeah. Why is that so valuable? Yeah. Well, if your overall goal uh, is, is to add value to the company, which I, I, I firmly believe a lot of people think about the tax department as a cost center, right? Your job is to prepare and file the tax returns and keep us in compliance. But I would argue the tax department adds a lot of value. And again, we can talk a, a separate hour on just that. Um, 
But if that's your overall goal is to add value, you know, the, the company and the operations of a company, um, there are so many different groups, HR, legal, accounting, operations, manufacturing, depending on what industry you're in, all of those different areas have knowledge and issues that they're dealing with. And so the more you meet those people and understand what their concerns are, understand what their um, challenges are, and share with them what your challenges are in your group, all the more valuable you are as a team, you are individually to, to help with the initiatives and meet the initiatives of the company and to help add value to the company. So it, it's just critical. I mean, I can't tell you how important it is to get outside of your, your group and maybe get on a committee with um, you know, people from various different you know, functions within the business. You know, maybe it's a specific kind of a task when it's around like fixed assets or if it's around, you know, R&D or if it's around, you know, whatever it is. Or maybe there's a, you know, a new tax legislation that's come down that's going to affect multiple areas. It doesn't matter what it is, but, but that, is, that is really, really important. You know, it's funny, while you're saying this, I'm sitting there thinking throughout my career, all of the executives that I've talked with, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's accounting, finance, tax, or any of the other fields that we work on. And, um, and I'm trying to picture them in my mind's eye right now. And the ones that are at the top of their game and they're the controller or they're the CFO or they're the CEO now, um, they are the people that are the most well-rounded from a business aspect. They can sit down and talk to you for an hour about the product. Yep. And they can describe what the product does and they could give you an example if it's a tangible product that actually has some function. They will want to walk you when we go out and visit with them. They'll want to walk you like, hey, let me go show you the shop floor. This is really cool. You got to see this. And they're the ones that have elevated their career to that level. Yeah. And so the value, I, I, it's really resonating with me what you just said, the value that brings to the organization and people in the organization identify that. You could have a marketing person or a product management person saying, man, I got to tell you, we need Marcus on this. And you're thinking, why do you need a tax guy? Yeah. Um, well, it's not because you just know tax. It's because you know other things about our industry. Yeah. And so that really resonates. I appreciate you sharing that. So when you think about um, our listeners and there are people who are climbing in their career and their other executives, let's just focus on people who are climbing in their career. We've talked about raising your hand. We've talked about asking to be put on a project. Like what is a walk away item they could leave this podcast, this little session we're having right here, and they can say, you know what? I'm going to start making this change. I'm going to go meet with my manager mm -hmm. on Monday. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit about what we talked about, and that is taking responsibility and taking initiative for your own career. Um, and I'm not talking about, um, you know, you know, I've got a plan to start as a tax accountant, make senior tax accountant, and an analyst and senior analyst, and in two years I want to be manager and then director and partner. Those things are important. Don't get me wrong. And advocating for those are important. And long-term goal setting is important. You got to know where you're going. But taking initiative for your own career in, in my book means what's your skill set and taking initiative to develop that skill set. You know, when we're in, in school, high school, college, you know, the professor, the teacher, they give us an assignment. We do the assignment. If we do it well, we get an A. But we're waiting for assignments. We're waiting for the homework. And we're just, we're just kind of absorbing whatever they give us so we can learn. And as you start your professional career, I think 
you know, as you're onboarding first few years, that, that's kind of how it is, you know? For me, as my manager gives me a state income tax return. I do that to the best of my ability. I guess maybe it's more like 40 state income tax returns um, in my case. But, you know, you're, you're kind of waiting for them to give you tasks and assignments, and you want to crush it. You want to do a great job, and you do a great job. But at some point in your career, you transition. And you transition from waiting for the manager to give you tasks and assignments to saying, these are my core responsibilities. No question, I got I to gotta get these done and do them well. But how can I take initiative for my career and develop my skill set? What can I do outside of this core responsibilities that will help me and that will add value to the company? Raise your hand for a project, you know, um, work on a stretch goal, um, process improvement, take risk out of a calculation, work on a due diligence for an acquisition, um, tax reform, you know, so many different areas. Um, take initiative for that because those are the things, the things that where you go above and beyond, those are the things that are really gonna make a difference in your career. Man, I love that. I love it how you tied into our educational career, which we've all gone through when we're in corporate yeah. America. And we are, we're, we're in reactive mode. Mm -hmm. You know, early in your career, you're reactive. It's like, oh, I got to do this, and then you go execute. Oh, yep. I do this, and you execute. And then at some point in time, it's transitioning to proactive mode. Yes. You still got to do the reactive stuff, the yes. core responsibilities, but then it's, I'm going to be a chief problem solver. I'm going to go out and I'm going to identify efficiencies, yep. and then I'm going to start fixing them. If I finished my job, what my core responsibilities are, yep. I'm going to do this other stuff, and maybe I have to ask, Maybe I don't have to ask. It depends on the environment that you're in. Yeah. And take the initiative and go do it. And that's so great because it's so hard to change from how we're programmed yes. as kids. Yes. That is fantastic advice. Is I appreciate Be that. Being a business partner is what it's all about. It's, yeah. it's not about, you know, it is about keeping in compliance, but it's about being a business partner. There's so much more value that, that uh, tax, accounting, some of these cost center functions that are, are sometimes seen as cost centers, so much value that they can add to a business so let's focus on the leaders, okay? Yeah. So we've got people working for us. What can we do better? What can we be thinking about? And we could stay with this general theme that we have right now, or you might, hey, look, there's something else that I wanna to touch on as a leader. Yeah. Tell us what can, we can take away and implement. Yeah, as leaders, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. Identifying, you know, identifying talent and making sure that, that they're challenged that they're happy, that, that they are also adding value to your team, adding value to the company. Um, you know, having a good team, I mean, everybody knows this, right? Having a good team is good for the manager, for the leader, for the department head, and for the CFO and the CEO, right? Um, and so part of that is identifying those individuals that, that have the initiative to take that next step, that have the initiative to do really powerful transforming things for your group and giving them the resources that they need and the freedom that they need. They still have those core responsibilities, we all do, but, but really just saying, you know, what are your talents and how can we use those? And, and for those that, that maybe haven't identified, you know, initiatives or haven't identified those skill set, helping them to. You know, what, what are you genuinely interested? What are you good at? And how can we apply that to tax? You know, we are doing so much more these days with software and automation and and we're moving from being so preparer focused to now reviewing and and spending trying to spend more time on review and data analytics and all of that and that's a totally different skill set and there's so many young professionals that are coming in with some of those skills that's just you know as as leaders to identify those 
and to create robust processes and um, process improvements and, and all of that is can just be so powerful. I feel like nowadays with kids coming out of school and they're so much more technologically advanced yeah. than what, at least what I was still, still to this day, you can really move mountains. Like you can get so much more work done and, and that creates freedom to do a lot of the projects or little things that you haven't ever got to because you're relying on people coming out of school and who have the technology to be able to do some things that you were never able to accomplish. It would take you a week. They'd do it in a day. Yeah. That frees up four more days to accomplish something else. And then there's a task that someone on your team could step up, ask for the assignment, and you're creating this department that people want to go to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's attracting for people. We were just talking, um, we have a book club and we just met on Wednesday and we were talking about uh, discipline equals freedom. Because they were like, ah, sometimes I feel like, you know, Am I too disciplined in certain things? And there's the notion nowadays that discipline equals freedom, because if you're really disciplined about accomplishing these certain things, it actually frees up. You are multiplying time and it frees up for you to accomplish more things. Yeah. And it's in that space that you have the creativity to step up into asking for an assignment or being on a project or creating some type of efficiency by having the discipline to get your core work done and allowing your team to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, in, in tax, we are resource strained, right? I mean, as a general rule, right? There, there's just not enough people to get everything done that's, that's on your list. But, but that is where process improvements, automation, efficiencies, you, you know, using, a, using software that is available to, to do things faster for you and takes risk out of the calculation where you don't have manual errors and that kind of thing. And so that is one of the challenges in our industry, absolutely, is, is how do we work smarter, not necessarily harder, but the discipline thing is that's a mindset, that's a viewpoint, right? Same as a budget, right? Is, is a budget restrictive where I can't spend or is a budget freedom to where I know I've got $100, I can spend that amount and that's freedom to me. Same is true for discipline. If you have discipline, to me, that, that is freedom. You know, that, that sets the stage that says, okay, I'm disciplined to get those core responsibilities done. Now, what do I have time to do outside those core responsibilities? Marcus, man, it has been fantastic. Thank, Thank you, you so much for the time that you've uh, given us today. And, uh, and I will not forget that Monday is tax day. So I'm Monday's get tax this. day. I'm waiting. Go Jayhawks. Those I'm, are the two key no. I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> to the last second for my taxes. And, <laughs> okay. and I will say go Jayhawks for you. Yeah. So thank you I for appreciate it. I really yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. And for our listeners, thank you so much once again for joining us. And uh, Marcus was, was great. I hope you're taking some of those walkaway points and actually going to apply them. If you just listen to it and you think, man, that's really good. And you think you're going to remember to do it. You're not. At least if you're me, you're not. You're going to forget as soon as something else flies in front of your face. So write it down, make a note, put it in your phone and actually execute on it. Until next time. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.